Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Joe Evangelist. Uh, Joe, tell the audience who you are, what you do, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, no problem, brother. My name is Joe Evangelisti. I actually am a, uh, I'm a construction guy uh, by trade. I've been in construction my whole life. I grew up as a uh, son of a, a general contractor turned builder um, at an early age and, uh, you know, inevitably went uh, directly into um, uh, the U.S. Navy Seabees. So I, I became a builder inside the Navy, uh, which a lot of people don't realize that's even a thing you know, around here. Um, maybe especially in Canada, but uh, I'm sure you guys have like the Canadian engineers or some kind of Canadian, you know, engineering force or something along those lines. Sure, probably. Right, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, our, our Navy actually has a building, uh, a building uh, department or, you know, a, yeah, construction battalions as they are. And uh, so I did that for six years and uh, taught me a lot, taught me discipline, taught me leadership, taught me uh, skill set and, you know, taught me um, how to do a lot of construction. And so uh, did that for six years. And shortly after that, um, did some, commercial uh, construction management type stuff for the government. And uh, quickly, quickly after that, I met my wife, who then drove me back home, back to New Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I knew I wanted to make money. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to, uh, to, to get rich. And then, you know, what, what, do, what do you think of? What do you, you know, when someone says you want to get rich, right? You go into real estate. And so uh, that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's usually like either create a business, do, so do something entrepreneurial, right? To create a business because you're really it's going to be it's a hard hard job to try and become some sort of crazy ceo for some crazy big company so a lot of mm -hmm. people going for it and not a lot of people that can actually get there so yeah i'd say yep. yeah business creating your own business real estate or if you got lucky and bought uh you know bitcoin in the 90s then uh, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. yeah well i wasn't that smart on honestly i wasn't uh, well i've never been that smart i was always a c student and uh so i knew i knew i knew construction and i knew that people made their wealth in real estate and so i figured i'm gonna start flipping houses and i say i got lucky i did it in a time when um i, I did it in a lucky time because i did it in 2007 right because I, I i got in just in the time nick of time where i think if i did it three years earlier i would have made a lot of really stupid mistakes but i was on my, i was on about my third flip right and i and i you know i did it all the wrong ways glenn i did i did the things where you know i bought it with my own money i did it with my own hands i flipped the properties by myself nights and weekends i was holding down a full-time job while i was doing it and i got about a three flips in when the market started to really soften and then finally, you know, just collapsed. And um, I had to learn to pivot. I had to learn to, um, you know, to course correct. And, and uh, instead of flipping these houses and making a ton of money, like I thought it was going to do, I ended up becoming an overnight landlord. I had to stabilize the property. I had to refinance the property. I had to put tenants in the property and, you know, and, and, and so from that point forward, I realized that, you know, business is not going to be easy. This is going to suck. I mean, they're going to, have to take it on the chin and figure out how to, uh, how to, how to pivot and make, make the best out of it, or I'm going to have to, um, you know, quit and go back to a nine to five. And I was not going to, not going to be one to quit. I was not going to go back to, uh, to working for somebody else. And, you know, I knew then and there that, uh, I was going to be a business owner for the rest of my life. And so, um, that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I, I moved on from that point and, uh, you know, uh, woke up five years later and I was now, 
uh, a realtor. I was a broker. I owned, yeah. a, I owned a Remax. Uh, I was a rehabber. I was uh, I owned a BPO business, a broker's price opinion business. Um, I was a bartender. Um, I, you know, I, I was doing seven different things at the same time. Um, I had now I had two young daughters. I had a, obviously a, a young wife, um, two dogs, a mortgage payment, all the stress in the world. And, um, you know, I found myself Glenn, almost having like um, a stress-induced panic attack, uh, you know, a midlife crisis, uh, all these things at the same time. And I was in my young 30s at the time. Like, I was not, I was not at the point in my life where I should have been having these problems. And, yeah. you know, I really had to check myself. I really had to, you know, take a, 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 an inner look at, like, where I was in my life. Because I had gone from a really, really healthy military guy who had it all going on, who had my finances, I thought, figured out to a guy who had driven myself almost into the ground working 100 hours a week, making all kinds of excuses of why I was so busy, you know, missing dinners with my family, chasing squirrels, just on a mouse wheel all day long. And, you know, I had the finances, like I had the money. I, I was, I was, you know, successful as like defined by most people, right? Yep, like people yep. were looking at me like, man, you're doing so well. You're kicking ass. You're taking names. Go for it, right? Almost to the point where like people were making excuses like, oh, you're going to miss the barbecue. It's cool. We know you're busy. You're so, you know, you're good. And dude, inside I was, I was falling apart, right? Like I wasn't healthy. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was eating shit. I was, I was, I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't mentally straightened away. Like I was just chasing and I was busy and I was busy. And so I, I had I had to reset the clock, you know. I had to I had to make it I had to make a change. And so it was that point um, where I decided, like, I have to take inventory of my life and figure out, um, you know, how to make it right. And I had this inner realization at that point that I wasn't building a business to suit my lifestyle, right? It was this yeah. like aha moment, like, holy shit, why am I doing all this? Like. You ask people why they do what they do, Glenn. For the most part, they say they do it because they want to enjoy their life, or they want, to, or they do it for their kids, or they do it for their family, yeah, right? But yeah, all the time. The, meanwhile, it's bullshit, right? Like you do it for your family, but you're missing your kids' soccer games. You do it for your family, but you don't have a good relationship with your wife. You don't give a shit about her. You don't date her. You don't spend any time with her. You don't go on vacations with your kids. Like why? Why? Why are you lying to yourself? Why are you? Why are you telling everybody you do it for your family if you don't spend any time with your family, right? And so that's that's what I was doing, and so I had to reset. I had to make a change. Which that sounds like the most difficult thing ever <laughs> to do. That it was challenging. So, yeah. um, you get. I think the first step is to realize that you needed to do that. Then, then how do you do it next? Yeah, well, it starts with mindset, right? So, so a lot of people, like I say this all the time, a lot of people, they will change things that they do, but they won't change things that they are, right? So, so like, you know, like a lot of people, like <clears throat> limiting belief is, is the biggest thing that has to change. Like people think that like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I can't make a change. This is who I am. This is, this is what I do. This is the lifestyle that I have. This is, this is, this is it. Right. And the reality is it's so fucking far from the, from that. I, I, I'm not going to let it curse on your show. I apologize. I'm about to edit Whatever. that part out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you get to decide right? You get to change, right? So, so what happens, Glenn, is a lot of times people think to themselves where they have like a great idea, right? You ever have that big idea where you're like, I could do this, right? Maybe it's in the car, maybe it's in the shower, maybe it's, you know, on the beach one day, you go on vacation and you're like, I want to do this instead of what I've been doing, 
yeah. right? But then what do you do? You rationalize that change, right? You start to say, but you know what? I don't have the resources. I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the time to do that. When am I going to learn how to do that? Where, I don't have the people in my life to do that. And that rationalization, Glenn, I want you to break that word down into two parts. We are telling ourselves rational lies, right? You're telling yourself rational lies about why it is that you're not good enough or you're not bad enough or you're not you know, capable or you're not willing or able. And so we're, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're willing to make changes about what we do, but we're not willing to make changes about who we are. And that's the mindset shift, right? Because we're living in the past. We're living in past experiences. And we're not, if we start to change the mindset of, I don't, I don't have to let the past dictate who the future me is going to become, right? So mindset change has to shift, yeah. right? I don't, I don't have to let the past dictate who I am. And Tony Robbins has a great quote, and he says, the past does not have to control you unless you choose to live there. So it's a willing and able change to decide that's the person I want to become, right? That's right. the person I'm going to become. So mindset has to be the number one change that people make. Which is the hardest thing to change. <laughs> it is an absolute hardest thing to change. I, I have 5,000 hours of coaching peak performance executives and business owners and doctors and attorneys and insurance reps and salespeople. And mindset is the number one most difficult thing to change. It's easier than, than, than you think, but it's the most difficult thing to work through for most people. And I even personally face that all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Before I was like raising money, I'm like, oh, can I really raise 200,000? Oh yeah, you can raise 200,000. But then you're like, now you're looking at a project, can I raise $3 million? You're Absolutely. Like, you're like, but it's, it's tough. Cause you're like, am I going to put this under contract? Am I going to pull this off? And so mm -hmm. it's a, it's a big, it's a big thing. Like, can you do that? Always. I think it's with anything. If you're making yourself uncomfortable, then you're probably doing something right. But when you recognize that there's people just like you, just like you, that are raising 300 million on a daily basis, on a daily basis, right? Yeah. Why is 3 million the limiting factor, right? Why is that the glass ceiling within your mind, right? So just making that shift and realizing like, holy shit, right? There are people that have done that before, right? And, and we all have these things. It's not, there's no right or wrong, good or bad. Like you're not a bad person because you haven't been able to do that, right? It's just a shift. And so when you reflect back on the, that person six months from now, you start to say to yourself, I can't believe I was held by the, by the, the standards or the mindset that 3 million was a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like then you look back and you think to yourself, that's crazy, right? But that's how peak performers get past what they get past, right? Like Jordan used to shoot 3,000 practice shots, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why when he gets to that point where he's like, you know, uh, I, I missed shots in the game, it's because he, he shot so many in practice that it's not even a, it's an afterthought that he missed that shots, right? So he's got the, he's got the reps, right? And so you're just, he's just conditioning his mindset. That's all he's doing in that, in that practice. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So back to your business, we were talking about we're, mm -hmm. before we started. Um, mm -hmm. So what's the best investment you've made in your business and why? What, 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 where should we be? I don't know if we're talking money-wise or mental-wise, but what, what, what's the best use of our resources here? Investing in, in ourselves, right? Investing in hiring people to coach my mindset and coach me, right? So mentors and coaches have been by far the best investment I've ever made. And, and for one, Glenn, it's, it's the first thing I sold you, which was, which was mindset. Uh, yep. The second best thing that they've coached me is to teach me about strategy, right? Because here's the thing that most people are missing. 
when it comes to strategy, most people have, um, you know, they plan, I use this analogy all the time. If you ask people about their, their one week trip to Mexico, right? Yeah. They know when they're leaving, they know how they're getting to the airport. They know what plane they're flying on. They know what seat they're sitting in. They know where they're landing, transportation to the hotel. They know if they have a poolside view of the, in the hotel. They know if they have an oceanside view in the hotel. They know where the pool bar is. They know what kind of drinks they're going to have, the restaurants they're going to eat at. They know where they're going to go on their, their hiking trip. They know if they're going snorkeling, right? They know the whole week planned out to the T. They know what restaurants they're going to visit. They know what bars they're going to visit, what live music they're going to have, right? But if you ask somebody, Glenn, what are your, what are your hopes and dreams for the rest of the year? Where do you want to be in three years? Right? What, what, do you, what do you want to accomplish? It's gray. Right? Most people have no idea. Or they might say, I want to make a million dollars. Why? What are you going to do with a million dollars? I don't know. Right? They, they just have no clue. Right? So what we have to do is we have to really start to plan out a strategy of what is the outcome you seek. Okay? You want to make a million dollars. That's great. Why do you want to make a million dollars? What are you going to do with a million dollars? What kind of contribution are you going to make with a million dollars? Are you going to create a great team? Are you going to do something awesome for your family? Are you going to put your kids in private school? Are you going to create a legacy? Are you going to build a library? Do you want to buy a private jet? Do you want to have a Ferrari? Do you want to build a big house? Do you want a house in the mountains? Right? Do you want to travel with it? Do you want to, do you want to create a charity? Why do you want a million dollars? Because a million dollars is a tool. It's a leverage. It's a piece of leverage. It's all you're going to do is leverage the money. You right. can't. You can, Drake just made right. this song. When I die, I put my money in the grave. Right. You can't bring it. What the hell's the point of putting it in the grave? Right. Like because at the end of the day, what does the money do? It's a tool. And so when people say I want the money, that's not your why. No. Right. So strategy has to become your outcome. And when I have a big outcome. Right? Like one of my businesses is a self-storage development business. Right? My outcome is to change the way the industry is done. Right? We are going to shake up the industry. Okay? And the outcome for me is that I create multiple millionaires inside of my business along the way. I create wealthy individuals inside my team. I shake up the industry, and we build hundreds of self-storage facilities. Right? That's my outcome. How I'm going to do that starts to fall into play, right? The big problems start to present themselves, and then I have to fix the problems along the way, right? I don't want a task-focused strategy. In other words, I don't want a to-do list. I don't want to have to figure out along the way how I'm going to do it. I want the outcome focused first, and then I'll figure out the problems along the way because too many people are focused on a to-do list or they're trying to keep themselves busy, right? And so what happens is they become – I say firefighters that are always trying to put out fires all day long, they're secret arsonists, right? They're behind the building lighting it on fire so they can feel good about themselves, right? Because they were busy all day long. That was me years ago, right? I was busy, 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 but I wasn't productive. I wasn't actually seeking an outcome. I wasn't getting any closer to my outcome. I was just productive, right? So we want to be focused on a bigger outcome so we can get there. Make sense? Makes sense. And a lot of this, I think, is a lot easier if you hired a coach to help you along the way. Um, I think the biggest challenge that a lot of people have, how do you pick a coach? Because you Mm -hmm. look at all the programs, some of them are 5,000, some of them are 100,000. Like, you know, like this guy has a podcast. This guy's done a lot of development. This guy's done this. How, How... 
don't know if you have, <laughs> I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I don't know. Yeah. How do you, how do you pick who is the person to help you get to where you're going? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, you have to feel, you have to feel it when you're on the phone with that person, you have to feel like you're in alignment with them. You have to feel like it's a good fit for you. And so a lot of it is that, but I think you also should be working with someone who has some results, right? Like, you know, someone who's been there, done that someone who's been through the fire before someone who's, you know, uh, potentially, you know, in, in some sort of alignment with, with, you know, has running businesses, has operable businesses, um, you know, or at least has run business. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not here to put down any other coach out there, but you know, I think they need some life experience, right? I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there who've never coached anything, um, or have never they're actually never physically actually, done anything, yeah, right? They're just you teachers. Know? They're not actually, yeah. they haven't done. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, I think if they have enough experience in it and success at it, that's one thing. But if they've just, you know, went out there and got a certificate and never coached anybody, it's a different, it's a different level. Um, you know, for me, it, it's, uh, it's about having someone with a success track record that's, that's important and they've done something before. Um, you know, I, I run six, uh, you know, seven-figure businesses and above, you know. And so for me, it's about having someone with a successful business track record who's also coaching. Yeah, because you need somebody when things get tough that they've actually been there when things got mm -hmm. tough. So they understand right. where you're actually coming from. I totally yeah. get it. Uh, before I let you go, let's talk a bit about your program. And yeah, for sure. Um, you know, for us, it's, uh, it, I only do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, really here to solicit clients or anything like that. I mean, I'm really here to add value for, for, your, for your listeners. Um, yeah. You know, if, if somebody wants to reach out to me or wants to connect with me and, and have a conversation, uh, that's great. They can go to elevatewithjoe.com. Uh, they can talk to uh, to uh, my COO and then he can have a conversation with them and see if they might be a good fit for a future uh, session. Um, but essentially, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's more, um, you know, direct coaching. Yep. And then your show, tell us a bit about that too, before. Yeah. The legacy blueprint podcast is really uh, a conversation about people who, um, you know, have been through the fire, right. I love to talk about like their favorite failures and things that have kind of like, you know, you know, that came, came close to, to, to bring them down and just kind of accelerated them and helped them launch. Um, and really what legacy means to them, like what they're building, what they're leaving behind, what, you know, what's the, what's the point, right? What, what's it all about? Why are we here? Uh, what are we trying to create together? What are we trying to grow together? Um, and what are we trying to leave behind? Oh, no, I love that. So yeah, if you're listening to this, go check it out. Even just pick through and pick your favorite ones and get a, get a feel of what it's, what it's like. But I think you guys will like it. Um, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you already gave us your contact information. Usually I ask you how people would track you down, yeah. but no yes, you got this, the website. <clears throat> Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think it's uh, you had a lot of value, a lot of things to think about. Absolutely. Thanks Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Thanks Joe.